You're listening to Japan Baseball Weekly. News, interviews, analysis, and hot takes about all 12 NPB teams. Hosted by Jim Allen and John E. Gibson. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of February 14th. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a, what day is this, for goodness sake, it's a Saturday night, is my partner, Jim Allen. How you doing, bud? I can't even remember what day it is. I don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm good, man. I do, yeah. I do know, I do know, I do know who I am. I do know where I am. I do know what day it is. So that's mark that as a red letter date on your calendar. I'll try to do that. First, I have to find my calendar. Yeah. Hey, man, uh, but I know I know it is March because there are three reasons I really, really like this time of year. Can you guess why? My birthday? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's one of them. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. The, the main reason is because it's getting warm and you know how much I hate the winter. But the top True. reason is because I really like getting together with you and our fellow podcasters and friends mm-hmm. like Claudio Rodriguez, who's going to be on the show with us to help us do the prediction show for the Pacific League. And I just love this time of year when, you know, baseball is going to start. <laughs> and you yeah. know how addicted I am. <laughs> yeah, that is that is so true. I was on uh, doing my blog. I had a blog post already, almost finished, like 90% finished last night, Friday night, because we had all the aces going. Now, how do you know it's 90% finished? Because I know you like to quantify everything. Because I have, was talking about all the games, a little, a little bit about all the games, because the st- opening day starters were pitching. And, okay, I take that back. It was 5-6. Uh, <laughs> okay, it was 5-6. Ah, I knew it. I knew it. You're just making numbers up. <laughs> I'm being precise. 5-6 done, because I had done five games, and then I got home and... I had uh, the the wife had a, an appointment for me, for me to be at this morning. So it just was no way it was going to get finished. And I said, okay, I am not going to write about Friday's spring games on Saturday, no matter who pitched. Yeah, no matter who pitched. All right. Well, well, uh, sounds like you had some fun there. Um, on this week's show, we've got uh, Claudio Rodriguez of Baseball Japones and Christian Jin of Graveyard Baseball uh, I don't know if it's .com or not. I'll ask him when we come when he comes on. But uh, we've got uh, the prediction show for the Pacific League. So let's start swinging. Clearing the bases. All right. Before we bring the guys in, I just want to thank all the newcomers to the show. We've had really an explosion on the Facebook page with new followers. And, uh, you know, I bet the fear of a lengthy lockout in the MLB was the reason that we got a lot of attention because <laughs> people were just either jumping ship or or fearing that there was not going to be any baseball. So we got a lot of newcomers. And so welcome, welcome over, welcome in. And I hope you don't jump back to major leagues just quite yet because we're going to start, what is it, a week to, to 10 days before they start. So you can get some quality baseball in before that. But um, the biggest factor about the lockout for me is that former, I guess we'll call him former Hiroshima star, Seiya Suzuki will not be locked in limbo for his rookie season that's the biggest thing for me because i was hoping something would happen so that he wouldn't have to just sit around this whole season yeah he showed up in la uh this week apparently where he has been <laughs> <laughs> and, and in true say suzuki fashion he didn't like tell anybody for a while <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you can lay low out there in California, in Southern California, I imagine. Sure, sure, sure. But that was, that would be him. You know, if it was most players, it would be a whole production. I'm going Uh to the airport. The press will meet you at the airport. Oh, what a surprise with Suzuki. It's like when he's going to do it, he'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) When he wants you to know, he'll tell you. He's not. That's why I took all the rumors about what team he's going to sign with, with uh, pretty much more than a grain of salt with the whole rock. Right. Because uh, I'm not buying it until he says it. I'm not buying it until he says, well, uh, I've seen a lot of rumors still, and I imagine things are going to move pretty quickly. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll find out soon enough when he's going to sign with a team and we can know who we're going to go see. We're going to the people we're going to see on the uh, train platforms who are wearing some uniforms and some garb from some team in the United States. Who's, you know, basically the only player they know is Suzuki. So uh, (laughs) we'll see what team that's going to be. All right, let's bring the guys in. Joining us from Kansas is Christian Jin and he's from Graveyard Baseball. And is that you know, I looked up the site while we were talking. It's not graveyardbaseball.com. What do you guys call it? Yeah, graveyardbaseball.blogspot.com. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And also, Claudio, our buddy, uh, Claudio Rodriguez from Toronto, uh, baseball, Japones. I know I don't pronounce it right, but uh, thank you for joining us again, buddy. It's always good to talk to you. No, thank you for having me. You know, the pronunciation was pretty good. Don't worry. All right. And you know what? I was trying to think about the, la- the the how long we've known each other. And I knew I had taken this job a couple of years and then I met you at Tokyo Dome. But was that 2007 or 2008? 2008. Okay. So going on 15 years. Good grief. Yep. You're getting old, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate it when that happens to other people. <laughs> well, see, my kids are young. I'm not getting old. I'm getting younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because that's his two little versions of you running around. <laughs> and you're going, wow, that looks like me. <laughs> you don't know the half of it with my son doing all the stuff I used to do when I was a kid. It's amazing how they pick these things up. You don't even have to teach them. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, My uh, mom was like that. And I was thinking, mom, don't say that. It doesn't mean what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thanks so much. This should be really, really fun uh, talking about the Pacific League. You know, it's not as if COVID and other diseases aren't trying to do their best to eliminate mankind. And now we've got war on top of the regular murders and all the stuff. But like when we get to talk about sports, it seems and I know sports seem insignificant, but you know, if life is going to go on, we really have to make it go on. So on we go. Um, the Pacific League, I believe, last year kind of sifted itself out pretty quickly, uh, even though I wasn't looking at the standings because I don't really pay attention to them that early on. But uh, we saw the Orcs Buffaloes defy most of the predictions and most of us <laughs> and uh, win the Pacific League banner for the first time since the Ichiro Suzuki days. So I don't know. I look at these teams this year and and they're really close. In fact, I, I, you know, they were close last year. It just didn't seem that way. I think from top to bottom, the difference in, in games was 15. And who knows the last year that there was a 15 game difference between the top team and the bottom team. None of not you me. do. Not me. <laughs> None you of you do. Say, you didn't say there was going to be a pop quiz. <laughs> no, it's not. It's I'm just throwing it out there. I know you guys didn't do the research, but I did. And the year was 2010. And uh, SoftBank and Cebu had a virtual tie at the top, and Nakuten was last, 
and they were 15 games out. So that was pretty close then. So it's, you know, that, that was kind of rare, obviously, for that to happen. And now we have two new managers in the Pacific League, one with a big personality and the other with basically just a big face. Uh, <laughs> hashtag pie. And I know probably Claudio and Christian don't get that, but uh, for uh, Tsuyoshi Shinjo, the new manager of the fighters, he obviously he's the one with the big personality, but um, Hiroshi Fujimoto taking over for Kimiyasu Kudo with SoftBank, they brought out this huge face. Uh, what was it, Jim? It was a couple meters tall. Oh no, big caricature of him, of, of his, of his uh, very jolly looking. Uh, visage yeah. <laughs> whatever it was but because I, he, i've seen i've seen that thing it's huge and it's yeah, hilarious it was huge yeah okay you did see it all right so yeah that yeah. that's pretty it's funny perfectly but... captures him though i mean that's yeah. why i remember him from his playing days like that right so we got one guy with the the huge personality and the other guy with the, with the huge character the, the poster promoting the first uh, series of the season which is between both of them it's hilarious they have the, the picture of both of them and they're all both look you know like really interesting and fun and it's gonna be a blast to see that that first um series it should it should so yeah shinjo's stepping into the spotlight that's so bright i think he's really outshone all the new mpb skippers and some of the incumbents combined i think but anyway um as we get to uh the prediction now you guys have the format i'm sure and um claudia has done this before christian this is the first time i guess you were hiding in your car the last time you <laughs> got to do this so i'm glad you're able to sit and relaxed uh in a relaxed setting and be able to do this with us uh but claudio is going to get us started by introducing the oryx buffaloes the defending pacific league champion oryx buffaloes uh yes definitely um so let's start with the uh expected rotation they have they're really are really good pitchers uh joshino yamamoto won like he led the Pacific League in like 14 different categories last year. It was just insane. He has such a tremendous year, and it's probably going to be really good this year. They have Hiroya Miyagi, who's really good. Uh, Daiki Tajima, who's decent. Um, and after that, I'm guessing uh, it's either Sachiya Yamasaki. Uh, Taisuke Yamaoka, is he, he was injured. Is he good now? Is he yeah, I think be- he's going to be back. Yeah, yeah, he came back at the, at the, during the Japan series. Uh, yeah, and then they have, um, they can use uh, either Soichiro Yamasaki or the Taiwanese guy, uh, Yaku Cho or Yi Chang. I don't know how to, which version we should use. Yi Chang, Yi Chang. Yi Chang. Chang Yi, excuse me, Chang Yi. Yeah, yeah Chang, I always... is, uh, Chang is the last name, right? So Yeah, she... Chang is his last name, so it goes yeah. first. Okay, perfect. So um, the key additions, they have the Venezuelan guy, Bravik Valera, who I don't know if he's in Japan already or not. Like all other new foreigners have come into Japan uh, recently, but I haven't heard from him. So I don't know what's going on with him. Um, there are two other um, American guys, uh, Jacob uh, Wagespeck. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, Jesse Bill. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, they got uh, Masaru Nakamura back from Mexico. He had a, a really good season last year, uh, but now they gave him what a minor league deal or something because he's not on the. He doesn't seem to be in the top team, so I don't know. They gave him like a three-digit uniform number, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure why you're bringing him back if you're gonna leave him in the second team. But anyways, um, and I would say you know they're gonna be key as well. 
uh, Cuban Rangel Ravelo and Mexican Cesar Vargas because they they barely play last year. They got them late. They pay like a two three games each before the end of the season. So this is really going to be their first year, full year with the team. And let's see, you know, what kind of a of a <clears throat> uh, what can they do for the team and how they can help to for a team to win. Uh, roster hits. Uh, Steven Moya, who this I don't understand. This guy was, you know, he wasn't amazing, but he was good. He did um, hit over ten home runs each year. He he was with the team. He had some decent average and, you know, he was uh, useful and I don't know why they're letting him go. Um, Tyler Higgins, he did decently well as well, but they, they let him go. Glenn Sparkman, he barely pitched, so I'm guessing, yeah. And Adam Jones, who was a big presence in the dugout, didn't get, you know, much of um, good numbers, but, you know, it could have been useful uh, for him to stay on the team. But of course, you know, at $4 million a year, obviously, if he's not producing that much, then most likely they won't, um, they wouldn't want to keep him. So the outlook, um, look, I would love for Oryx to repeat uh, specific league champions this year, but, uh, you know, they have had a really bad history recently of, of keeping up their good work. Like they, um, whenever keeping they have up, a season, yeah. <laughs> whenever a they have a season, <laughs> the following season, they just, you know, uh, go down terribly. Like they, you know, in 2008, they were second. And then the following year, they were last. 2014, they were second again. 2015, they were fifth. So, you know, I'm not expecting them for them to repeat, even though they still have a good team and great pitching. I don't know, you know, how far they're going to go um, this year. Even last year in the Japan season, and uh, Japan series, sorry, they choked. I, I mean, they. I thought they were going to win. They had a good, uh, better oh. pitching, or, or you know, in theory. Oh. But uh, Yakult completely dominated them. Like, I mean, the the games were close, but I didn't see them comfortable at all. So, even though they still have a good team, I I'm not counting on for them to be uh, champions again this year. So my prediction for them this year is uh, third place. All right. Um, I don't know about that being a choke in the Japan series. I just thought they got outplayed and outperformed. But uh, okay, Christian. No. No, go ahead. You have something. Sorry, no, I meant I meant the uh, especially the batting. Like the the pitching was okay during the Japan series, but the batters it just didn't get anything done. Like that was uh, you know it was not nice to see uh, their performance in the Japan series. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, okay, all right, Christian. Yeah, for the Buffaloes, I mean they had a magical year. It's easy to take away what happened coming in from worst to first. A very amazing season, especially when you think about Yutoto Sugamoto. I mean, he had a he had an amazing year, at least. I don't know if that's the most sustainable thing, but the one thing I've always respected about them is their pitching, the rotation, which you've already talked about, besides Yamamoto. I mean, you can just talk about the personnel. I liked Yamahoka of the past. as a fan of some some of the other pitchers as well. Uh, but I do question their relief, as their middle relief. Like you talked about the Japan series. I mean, close games has always been the issue before, and it's the magic unfortunately ran out in the Japan series. But the talent alone should keep them near the top uh, on paper. I like, I really like the direction they're heading. But I am actually in agreement with you that I have them in third. All right, Jim. Uh, I have them fourth, and not really because of any great disappointment in the team. I just think it's hard for them to uh, maintain some of their, you know, some of that 
pop and magic they had from last year. I think uh, Yamamoto is a terrific, you know, I agree with all you guys. Uh, the league gets tougher. They're going to be better. The league gets tougher. That's the way it works. Uh, things probably more likely also uh, last year, everybody benefited from, from SoftBank's uh Every everything went wrong. You know, it was a season that everything could have gone right, and then everything went wrong. Uh, I think that's going to be part of the problem. Uh, they're just going to be SoftBank will be better. It's going to put more pressure at the top. I don't really see a big difference between the top uh, four teams in the league, uh, but somebody's somebody's going to fall, and I. I think it is. It's going to be hard for Oryx to repeat. Not. I also think they have a ton of talent. I don't think uh, they could finish uh, very much fourth place the way the Hawks finished fourth place last year, which is a team that should have done better but didn't. You know, I could easily see them uh, just underperforming in many ways, playing good baseball but just not winning enough games. All right. Yeah, this team. It, it really reminds me of the line. There's a line in a song by Fuel, and I know. Jim doesn't know this group, but uh, maybe maybe Christian might, but it's called Innocence. And it says, I'd give up all my lives to get just one right. And I think they gave up all their lives to get one right last year. They just didn't finish it off in the, in the Japan series. Now, I know, I bet a lot of fans thought that they, you know, they had it right last year. And they, in many ways, they did. And they, they're still climbing, in my opinion. Mm. But part of the climb is that you you move ahead and you fall a little bit and i think they're going to fall a little bit now yamamoto had a career year uh the masher yutaro sugimoto had a career year uh rookie kotaro kurebayashi was great masataka yoshida was probably on the way to having a mvp banner season but injuries slowed him down like they normally do um so can all these guys come back and match their production at the same time and that's not likely and then you have the rest of the team coming through the way they did last season. Are you going to get better performances, similar performances, or lesser performances? And I, I don't see another uh, run to the Pacific League title in the cards. But as Claudio pointed out, their pitching is still really good. And I, I think even with uh, the question marks in the bullpen that we had in the postseason, I don't think we really had throughout most of the regular season. And I think they can get by with some of the teams that, especially you pointed out, Jim, that top four teams pretty, pretty much, I think our, our top four are going to be our top four among the four of us. So uh, this should be a confident bunch. I don't think last year was a fluke. We've been waiting for them to produce that way. And they did. And I think it's going to be similar, but I don't think it's going to go to uh, bringing them to the top. So I'm going to, I have them finishing second. But uh, I could see them in the playoffs for sure. All right. Uh, next team is the Marines. And Jim will be doing those guys. Uh, the Marines finished second last year and they were really pushing it. They were the team. <laughs> it was so funny because they had the magic number. And so many people in Japan are tuned into who's got the magic number. But they were really trailing the Buffaloes all the way. It's just the way the uh, Japanese baseball mechanics go of their stats that... Uh, it was kind of humorous to watch all the announcers going, well, let's see. Wait, it's funny. How can they how can they be leading and not have a magic number? You know, every everybody was because they're so used to that. So that was quite humorous. But I really, really, really like the Marines. 
Okay. And uh, I have their expected rotation as not in any particular order. Roki Sasaki, Manabu Mima, Ayumu Ishikawa, Kotafutaki, Kazuya Ojima, who had a spectacular run late in the season where he mm. looked like uh, for about f- three three or four games, he looked like he was wearing his uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto mask and nobody noticed. <laughs> uh, the, flip, yeah, flip, the key additions... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, other than that, yes. Uh, the key additions, uh, the really only one was, uh, I, I, I'm guessing this guy's pronunciation, Teron Guerrero. Tyron. Tyron. Tyron Guerrero. Okay, so we've had Tyrone Woods and now Tyron Guerrero. And he signed in March. He struck out, he had... Uh, some serious major league uh, experience with the Marlins in which he struck out a lot of guys, but he also gave up a fair number of walks and home runs. But uh, I think he, you know, he has a chance to do well. The Latin guys often uh, have a little edge when it comes to playing in a foreign country for the first time. Uh, The roster hits Frank Herman was the big, uh, the, the, the guy they cut. Well, I'm sure he, it was a mutual thing, but he's now a, as we said before, working in player development and scouting with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, my outlook, the Marines have great outfield depth and they have, in addition to the packages they had last year, they have 24-year-old speedster Akito Takabe, who's a really good player uh, in, in the minors last year. He played a little bit on the first team. Uh, and you know, he's pushing an outfield that already has Takashi Ogino, who had a career year at the age of 35. And I don't, I don't want to say he's going to uh, drop down much more. I don't want to say he's past his peak because this is a guy who the reason he had his career year at the age of 35 was because when he from the age of 24 to 27, he had about six knee surgeries. And so basically we found out the player he was going to be. It just took him 10 years to get there. Uh, and uh, Leonis Martin also had a, a tremendous season. I don't really expect a lot more out of him, but what he gives you is fine. Those two are great, and they've got more depth. Um, the key for me for the Marines is uh, the catcher, Tatsuhiro Tamura. He's uh, the Pacific League's answer to Yuhei Nakamura. He's a solid offensive and defensive package who's rarely he- healthy for a full season. Now, he turns 28 in May. He hasn't uh, really been fit for a couple of years, but if he's healthy, and Adeni Hechevaria, who came back and he showed he showed what like gold glove defense at shortstop looks like right. in about a third of a season, just remarkable. If and he also showed that when his bat hits the ball, it goes a really far, <laughs> goes a long way. <laughs> he really slugged some mammoth home runs. So if he makes contact enough that he plays a lot at shortstop, I think the Mar- and uh, and Tamara is healthy. The Marines are going to be an elite defensive team and a pennant winner. And my projection is first place. Uh huh. All right, Christian. Yes, for the Marines, the in the past there was always the question. They always had some guys with a high floor. It was never the highest ceiling. There was always these good players, these guys that would never be near the bottom, but then there's always that person who would take them over the hop. You already mentioned uh, before, Okino had a very 
magical year for his standards because of he attached the surgeries, his health. I mean, I think this is the first time he's played a full season without ever uh, missing a game. And I, I said he was a core guy. Uh, of course, I'm very high on Roki Sasaki. You've already mentioned his name. But what also helped with the Marines last year is they, they bullpened their way to wins as well. Right? That was a very solid unit. So that bullpens, as we know, are very up and down. They can put one, one year, one bad the next. Uh, but you talked about also their foreign hitters. They, I mean, they already talked about Laird, Tejavaria, and Martin. Uh, all three guys could show that they have pop. But I have, I really do like the core. You already said Tamar as well. And uh, with the right people and the right things, I also have them in first. I thought I was going to be the one to pull the shocker, but I really think the, the pieces are there. And all those core players we've been waiting for are finally going to come together this year. So I have them first. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Claudio. Uh, well, I agree with uh, Jim and Christian. I have them in first as well. Oh, and the goodness. reason being is that I... For me, like the the Pacific League looks like very difficult. There's not like a clear winner uh, for this year, so it's difficult to predict. And I chose the Marines to finish first because I think it's a team most likely to get there compared to the others. Also, because the Marines for the past two years they have been almost there. They have been fighting for the title right up until the end. And in 2020, they had that uh, COVID outbreak that kind of slowed them down. Um, and uh, Martin, Leonis Martin, got injured in the last month of the season, both years, 2020 and 2021. And that slowed him down and, and limit his numbers and everything. So if he stays healthy the full season and the Marines keep, you know, doing what they have been doing the past uh, couple of years, and there's no other better contender than obviously, you know, the answer is easy. The Marines should be in the first place this year. So again, really difficult to predict. You never know what's going to happen. But for me, the, the team that's most likely to finish first this year, based on what we have, is uh, the Marines. So I, I have them first as well. Well, should I make it dramatic or should I not? Um, oh my God. Don't do what your heart tells you, man. Well, my heart told me last year that this team was going to win. I think I was uh, a year ahead. Uh, you know, I predicted the upset and everyone said, oh, you know, I could hear the gasps uh, through the Internet last year. And uh, I was basically right. It was just a couple injuries that slowed him down and and a little bit of uh, some bad luck at the end that really cost them. Otherwise, I thought I think they would have won it because they were leading uh, that last week and they lost the lead. So, the, you know, the Marines, I think they, they hit enough home runs last year. They led the PL in steals. Um they were second behind Hanshin in in the steel department and they pitched well and Sasaki didn't even, you know, have a huge season. You know, if he breaks out this season, which I'm expecting now that we're seeing him throw 163 kilometers in a spring season game in March. And, uh, I, yeah, I think he's going to make uh, Hideki Irabu's pitches, uh, God rest his whole uh, look, uh, look like uh, high school pitches if he could really uh, gear it up and, and go through the entire season. So I, I really like him at the front of the, the rotation. And as you guys said, I think they have, again, they had it last year. They didn't really lose anyone. They did draft a couple kids who I think they might bring out there at some point, but I think their pitching is, their starting pitching is the deepest. Uh, Christian pointed out the bullpen was really good last season. That was Chihaya Sasaki uh, pitched really well out of the bullpen, won almost 10 games. So 
they're losing Frank Herman, but I think they'll they'll be able to make up for that. And you know, as, as if they can withstand the injuries and perform uh, a little bit better than they did uh, at the end of the past two seasons, I think they are going to finish in first place. And like I said, I think I was a year too early on the prediction. I think I hit it. I'm going to hit it this year, and they're going to win the Pacific League. So I'm making it a clean sweep. How boring. <laughs> yeah, the thing with the Marines, and I, the last thing I have to say about them is every year I've looked at them and said, who can be an MVP on this team? It used to be Katsuya Kakunaka was really the only guy who was an MVP candidate. But I think uh, Ashogo Nakamura has a real chance. He is uh, one of the best players in the Pacific League. Uh, Ogino was one of the best players in the Pacific League. I, I just can't see him getting better, any better. You know, he could be as good as he is last year, and he's not an MVP. Uh, Sasaki could be an MVP. Uh, Isanori Yasuda is a guy who could take a huge step up to being one of the best players in the league. A lot of potential there. Yeah. Like I said, I think they have a really good mix of young players, veteran players, and backup players. So I think they're deep. Okay. All right. Next up is the Eagles. That's me. The expected rotation, which you get to right away, Jim, is uh, <laughs> Takahiro Norimoto, uh, Masahiro Tanaka, Hayato Hayakawa, Ryota Takinaka, probably, uh, Takayuki Kishi. And uh, I haven't heard much about the rest of the, the, the rotation. I don't really have confidence in that back end of the rotation. So that's part of where I'm, that's part of the reason I don't have them in the top two. Uh, key additions infielder Chris Gittins. Uh, and of course, I want to say this too. We haven't really seen a lot of, or I shouldn't say a lot. We haven't seen all of the foreign contingent of players who are going to be here this season because some of them had trouble getting in. Some of them, you know, didn't have visas ready or whatever. And, and there's just been a lot of delays for everyone. So we've got this imbalance again this season in which we're going to see some guys who have been here from the start, uh, incumbent players who are already, and then newcomers who are just going to have to play themselves in the shape. So uh, I did hear that this Jose Marmol, Mar- I knew I was going to mess this up. Marmolo, <laughs> help me out. Claudio. Marmolejos. 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 I got it. Yes. Marmolejos. Yeah. And uh, I heard he he hit today, but they didn't have him on the bench with the team uh, when they played the DNA Bay Stars on Saturday today. So, but anyway, uh, a catcher Yuma Yasuda, their second pick this past draft, and he had a very good spring, or he's having a very good spring. So, um, those are the key additions, I imagine. But um, I'm not sure that we're going to see a lot of their new players. Uh, I, I suspect this team is going to be close enough to be in the race to bring in some more foreigners. Uh, along the way. So we'll see how that goes. Roster hits. I, I didn't really see a lot. Uh, Brandon Dixon, the D-I-X-O-N, Brandon Dixon, who was on the show, I think once last year, um, is gone. But uh, other than that, not much. So last year, we boasted about this starting pitching, saying that with Makun at the top and Norimoto and Kishi, it's going to be hard. You know, you could get shut out or, or score maybe one run in a series in a week uh, and, and and be glad to get that. And then uh maybe take advantage of the fact that their their offense was a little bit weak uh and that turned out to be the case a lot of times they played a lot of close games they struggled to score at times based on what i'm seeing from the other teams I, i'm not sure that they're going to suffer or fall back so much in the standings 
uh, the bullpen had a lower ERA than the starting staff if you looked at the breakdown, which is kind of surprising because I think the perception would have been the opposite that the with the really good starters at the head of the rotation that the, the starters would have had the better uh, ERA. But I think part of that was because uh, the back end of the rotation wasn't so strong. And so that's where I see a weakness. Uh, they also had some defensive issues. And they had a lot of players. They suffered some injuries here and there. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think they're better than the Marines. I don't think they're better than the Buffaloes. And they might not be better than the Hawks, for that matter. And I don't know. They don't steal a lot of bases. They don't generate. You know, it's, they're just, it's just a struggle sometimes. They look, they're the, the Pacific League's version of the Chunichi Dragons in some ways when they don't score runs. So, uh, But I, I think... I think with Malkun having a good year, Kishi, if he stays healthy, and Norimoto, I think those three can get him to the playoffs. So I've got him finishing in third place. Uh, Claudio? Uh, well, um, not to spoil the party here, but I, I think I have them finishing fifth in fifth place. I see them going down um, in the sense that um, they were really, for the past two, three years, they have been up there trying to do something. Uh, you know, fighting, trying to get a spot uh, either for the championship or to get in the playoffs. But last year they fell down and the feeling is that, you know, these guys are not going to do better. And even though they have a great pitching staff, I just compare them to what Oryx has been in the past few years. They had great pitching, but they finished six every year. It's like, okay, what's <laughs> what's wrong with this team? So, you know, they have Makun, they have Kishi, they have uh, Norimoto, but I don't see them playing well enough to make the playoffs this year. And I'm picking them fifth because I'm, I'll talk about the, my, my reason later, to, not to spoil it now, but yes, I have place. No, you can tell us why. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll okay. save that for when we talk about the team. Okay. All right, Christian. Yeah, for the Rock and the Eagles, uh, my issue with them is that I feel like they keep throwing money at veterans. They keep just signing people, everything that moves. It's almost like, the, the New York Yankees of old, where they just sign who they got, whoever they can, throw money. That's been their thing, uh, whether it's through veterans like Asamura in the past. Uh, this year, it's Keizo Kawashima and Haruki Nishikawa who were both added to the team. Uh, for the Eagles, you already mentioned they, they bullpen their way. They, they had to depend on their bullpen to get in the third. Uh, but the issue for me is the lack of trust. Just because he's a Ishii having powers as a GM and manager, he's got all this responsibility, and there's the, the inability of just trying to trust him. You don't kind of know what direction they're building around. I don't know what they're doing with the, the guys they drafted. There's just so many veterans who are at least 30 years old on this team. I feel you can play them. You're, you feel forced to play them just because you signed them. And, uh, but I agree that their rotation is good. It'll prevent them from being awful, awful but I don't trust them to go as a team because of the offense and who to play and what to do. So I also have them in fit. So far, I'm on the same boat as Claudia. And also, I do want to also mention uh, Yuki Matsui's track record. He follows a good year and a bad year, back-to-back. He's never had two consistent years in a row. So if Yuki Matsui's track, you got to keep track of that. Well, yeah, but he, in that time, also, he has never had the same managers either. So two years with a manager and then a new manager and then two years with a manager and then a new manager, it seems. I, I, I can't be sure, but I think the manager, he has had about three <laughs> in those six years. So, uh, Jim. I think uh, Claudio's uh, allegory with Oryx is pretty good. Uh, Rock 10's not 
uh, evilly messed up the way Oryx used to be. I mean, like <laughs> hashtag fiendishly, like they don't have the front office where uh, the, where the they don't have this front office like Oryx did, where the front office executives cared more about getting rid of somebody else in the front office than they did in uh, players winning games. Uh-huh. They were more interested in, you know, ousting their political rivals and the players knew it. I mean, even the foreign scouts knew it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was no secret. And I, I think the whole thing, the whole Ishii thing, when you're telling me that Kazuhisa Ishii is your best choice for general manager, which he may be, and I, I, I think he's got a bit of a, a game going on where, as I said, he, he, he plays dumb. I think it's it's not I think it's his persona to deflect people from noticing how nervous he is talking in front of a crowd. Uh-huh. Uh, when you talk to him as in as an individual, he doesn't strike you as being a moron. He's at rather mm-hmm. quite the opposite. Uh, but I think the the thing that the the front office said, well, we want you to be the manager because we can't find anybody else, and now we're going to keep you as manager tells you a. They really aren't looking for another manager. They really don't care. <laughs> the front office seems to really not care. Uh, as far as everything else, I do like the acquisition of Haruki Nishikawa. That was a, a big issue for them last year. You know, somebody uh, who gets off, who who uh, gets on base a lot in a leadoff spot. Asamura had a down year. He'll be better this year. Masahiro Tanaka had a had a pretty darn good year uh, for a pitcher who they basically never scored runs for. Uh, the the back end, you know, the bullpen with the uh, Sung Chihau and and Yukimatsu was very good, but I I see the institutional dysfunction as torpedoing this team's chances, and I have them. Surprise, surprise fifth also <laughs> <laughs> so i'm the only one who has it in the playoffs yeah i and i'm i'm just doing it out of the niceness i mean I, i'm obviously impressed with the front end of their pitching staff but mm. yeah i do have questions about the back end and and i think they have some issues going on in the bullpen as well but we won't know but yeah um yuki matsui has been there since 2014 his managers uh number one two three four, five, six. So he has had six managers. So um, that could have something to do with his inconsistencies, but um, you, you never know. Cause we're not inside the, we're, we don't cover the team. We don't follow them around either. And we don't know what the murmurs are and the mumblings are when they get taken out of a game or their role changes, or uh, he's asking me to do this now. So, yeah, but that's something to keep in mind. Okay. Uh, next up the SoftBank Hawks, Jim. The SoftBank Hawks expected rotation. Surprise, surprise, Kota Isenga, and he will be starting. He will be starting opening day. The rest is I expect to see Shuta Ishikawa, Colin Ray uh, when he gets back and gets fit. Now Higashihama, and then some combination of Tsuyoshiwara, Yuki Matsumoto, and Tyler Chatwood. Uh, the key additions. Uh, pitcher Colin Ray, who left uh, last season for family reasons, is back after being effective in limited duty. Tyler Chatwood, who's one of two uh, 
as I mentioned before, one of two major leaguers to come out to one of the, excuse me, he's one of the three major leaguers to come out of Redlands East Valley High School in California. But he's one of two of those guys who are moving to Japan this year, along uh, with the Matt Andres of the Yomiri Giants. Yeah, now I, I I looked it up because I when I was back in the States, 2002 to 2004, I covered uh, Redlands East Valley High School, but Tyler would have been uh, in junior high school and he would have started the year I left. Ah, so I missed him. You can't reminisce with them. So these guys were teammates. These yeah. were these were guys played in the same class here. They both uh, high school class. They both uh, became uh, uh, and Tyler was the the big draft choice out of that out of that group. I think uh, he started 143 major league games. So. I think he's going to end up in the starting rotation. Uh, another big one is shortstop Freddie Galvis. Now, if he can still play shortstop, I'm not familiar with his defense, but he's 32, which means he's pretty young uh, for a Hawks imported hitter uh, who they like. They tend to like him uh, closer to middle age, but he's got 109 career home runs, so he could be a frequent distributor of baseballs to fans in the, in the Fukuoka Dome's home run terraces. The other big addition is a manager, Hiroshi Fujimoto, who replaces one of the most successful Japanese managers in NPB history, who won an average of six point six and two-thirds games above expectation per season during sure. his tenure, which is a record for any Japanese manager managing more than 26 games. Did you mention uh, Matayoshi? Oh, I did not manage Katsuki Matsuyoshi. So he gives uh, for a team last year that had, uh, you know, saying the Hawks had bullpen issues is sort of like saying a guy who murdered his spouse had the family issues. Hashtag. Hi. Whoa, whoa. We got to go that deep into it here. <laughs> well, they, they, can we they, just say they got marriage counseling or something? I mean, <laughs> well, no, it was, it was a disaster. It wasn't their fault. You know, it was like. <laughs> It's not your fault you're six feet under, honey. I'm I'm sorry. It's my fault. No, well, wait, wait. It wasn't hey. me. It was you. <laughs> hey, he missed his wife. That wasn't him. Okay. Now, uh, so the the Hawks' uh, top three late relievers will all hurt for most of the season. So it was uh, pretty much uh, come as you are and let's see who can close today. It was pretty much a disaster. And uh, but the Katsuki um, Matayoshi comes in and he will provide some sandy. Uh, Levon Moimelo is back, and which is always a great thing. So those two guys and, and Yoshito uh, Yuito Mori is back as well. Uh, he has definitely, I don't know what his left arm injury did to him, but he's not throwing as hard this year as he has in the past. So we'll see how that comes along. Uh, the roster hits is one big one. And that's Nick Martinez, who's signed with the Padres. Uh, two years after he tried to get a major league job and failed, came back to Japan, and he was lights out in the second half. He was just remarkable and then started for the U.S. team in the Olympics. And so the San Diego Padres said, oh, geez, we'll take a shot on you. And he said, sayonara to Japan. Now, my outlook is that the Hawks offense, pitching and defense all declined in 2021. Uh, the pitching without uh, Kodai Senga and the back of the bullpen for much of the season and defense uh, affected the pitching and defense more than the hitting. Uh, pitching is going to bounce back and turn the Hawks into pennant contenders. I like the development, the progress Richard Sunagawa has made. 
And if your Isabel Graciel is healthy, at least for some of the season, um, they're going to be pretty darn deep, especially now. I guess the big question is, can Freddy Galvez uh, play shortstop? Um, second base is kind of a, a sinkhole for them. So the that'll be Yomiri a question. giant situation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think, uh, yeah, maybe Fujimoto, who is maybe he'll play, was one of my favorite second basemen when he was a player. So we'll see what he does. At least I think Hara's thing with second base is that he 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 tried to play second and he couldn't, so he thinks nobody can play it. <laughs> so okay, uh, I have the Hawks. Uh, I'm pro- projecting the Hawks to finish second. All right, uh, Claudio. Well, we're surprisingly in agreement. I uh, I my point is I think they're going to bounce back just as as uh, Jim says. I think they're going to have a better year because a lot of things were went bad for them last year. So. Hopefully that won't repeat. They should do better this year. But I'm not totally convinced that they're going to do well enough to go back to first place. So because of that, I'm thinking, okay, second is probably going to be the the most likely um, position for them to finish at. So I'm picking them second as well. All right. Uh, Christian? Yeah, one thing I can say about the Hawks that was valuable, we talked about the injuries, we talked about the um, some things that just happened in down here. What was really valuable for them, I liked, was that Yuki Savori, Keisuke Izumi, and of course, Ryuko Kuikata. They all, a lot of these guys had a lot of playing time in the last year. Oh, you mean I liked what I saw. That's they, the, the playing time is going to be more valuable carrying to this year, and I think that things are going to go right. But I don't think they're going to win the pennant. I mean, you know, we've already spoiled our picks a bit, but I think they're going to be very close in contention. As Jim said, they're still a deep organization, top to bottom. I really just love their pitching. And, of course, they are the Hawks. You expect them to just invest in players to reload in and out, be able to know how they do their developmental system. So they'll find another guy to come up, even though this is the changing of the guard of an old veteran group from the past. And so now it's a much younger squad in position. So I have them in second. All right. Well, uh, we did uh, did not mention that Vladimir Coco Ballantine off the roster officially, uh, even though he didn't produce much for them last year. Dennis Sarfate officially out, uh, retired now, even though he didn't pitch last year. And utility player Keizo Kawashima, we did mention uh, him leaving and going to the Rock And uh, right-handed pitcher Sho Iwasaki uh, exchanging basically going for uh, Matayoshi going to the uh, to the Dragons. But this team struggled basically last season like we haven't seen since 2013. In fact, I think the Hawks have finished in the top three in all but three times since 2000. So they're always in the top three, it seems. And it was weird to see this combination of injuries and poor performance and uh, maybe something going on with Kudo as the manager, maybe whatever it was, I, I don't know what it was, but I think it was a, that played a role in, in, in this team having its struggles and him deciding, you know what, I'm out. <laughs> it did seem kind of sudden, but I think with, with all that was going on, and I, I know it's very stressful. These jobs are not easy. A lot of people sit and pick at, at the little uh, game by game uh, issues that they have, but uh, these managers have to look at the whole season. They have to look at the whole roster, including the farm teams and backups and all these situations. It's a lot of things going through their heads besides uh, let's bunt here. Um, so uh, he probably just needed a break and, and this team needs a break. And I, I don't know what kind of direction Fujimoto is going to take the team in. 
I just saw a lack of consistency in the lineups last year, the roster, the, the starting pitching, the bullpen. There were there were just inconsistencies all over the place. And I don't know that it gets better because the guys they're bringing back still have the same injury problems. Uh, Despagne has injury problems. Graciel has had his injury issues. Um, Moinello, we saw, have some problems last year, uh, including inconsistency on the mound. So I just don't know. And with some of these newer players coming up, they're going to now count on as uh, being core players. I mean, really, who are the core players? Uh, I think that core is changing now, too. I just see too much inconsistency. And I'm going to surprise you guys because I I don't think I I think reloading is what this team usually does. We've always talked about all the talent in the system. And I think when guys don't perform, they're going to be changed out uh coco valentine valentine told us about that last year if you don't get the job done they're just going to bring somebody else up but i'm not sure who is going to get the job done and i don't know how this new manager is going to play um and so since i can't read anything except what i've seen in the past from guys i've saw i saw last year i'm predicting they're going to fall back even further and i have them finishing in fifth place well the last the last word then i'll have i have to just to remind you because oh the hawks struggled the hawks struggled uh, who allowed fewer runs last year than the hawks i know they have great numbers they probably should have won exactly. more games than they yeah. should have but... i'm saying they could they should have won vastly more games right but I mean, the fact I'm is saying, they didn't right but what <laughs> i'm saying is it's a lot Basically, uh, uh, the biggest predictor of how well you're going to do the next year is not how many games you won, but how well you scored and prevented runs. And the Hawks were still as bad as the Hawks were. They were better than anybody else in the Pacific League at scoring and preventing runs. Yes, you say that. And I agree. However, when that's that's an important thing. Well, I agree that (laughs) scoring runs and preventing runs help you win games. Sure. But you know what helps you win games? winning games and they didn't do it and i don't know i don't know if it was just because of the injuries and the other things i think was more uh performance based than it was well i think the big i think the biggest thing was uh not having a bullpen because not having a bullpen really messes you up when you have close games because it makes it harder to win close games and they were probably pretty lousy in close games but i'm saying the the biggest thing the biggest single problem in building a good team is having one that can score runs and prevent runs. And they've already got that part. <laughs> so, so I don't see them. Um, you know, well, they could, they could finish fifth. They could finish fifth, a half a game out of third for all I know. I mean, that's possible. And they oh, could yeah. actually, they could actually play worse than they did last year. But uh, I think that given, uh, given everything, They've got the key components. I do see age as an issue. You know, of course, that was an issue last year. Sure. It kept them from all from leading the leagues and leading the league in runs and finishing fourth. Yeah, I, I was looking and I kept looking and I'm like, how can I pick this team to finish fifth? Look at they scored a bunch of runs. They they don't make errors. They they field the ball. They make the plays. What is wrong here? And the problem is. When they were in these games that they had a chance to win, they didn't win them. Now, whatever the reason was, if they made a bad fielding play that doesn't show up in the stats, um, you know, throwing to the wrong base, getting an out, but not getting a double play or whatever happened, happened, and they didn't win the games. And like I said, I'm looking at the core. And other than Yanagita, I'm not sure 
who the core players are on offense. I'm not sure who they build around, who they play around. You talked about second base. That's a that's a middle uh, infield position, and we don't really know who's going to play consistently. Like I said, from what I see, I can't pick them to 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 win. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish anywhere between second and fourth. I would think I would think they'll do better than fifth if, unlike last year, they don't finish eleventh in Japan in saves. And with Levon Moyanello available for much of the season, I don't think they're going to finish uh, with twenty-eight saves again. Well, uh, yeah, assuming they're all healthy, yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to assume that because they haven't they haven't shown me they can stay healthy. All right, uh, moving along, let's do Lions because Christian hasn't done an intro yet. It's Christian. Okay, for the Lions, uh, I have in the starting rotation, I have Kona Takahashi, Tatsuya Imai, Wataru Matsumoto, uh, Shihiro Sumida, who is the first-round draft pick, and then the, the other two guys, which are not settled as of right now, only those four guys are guaranteed rotation spots, so I'll just throw in uh, Yutaro Watanabe and newcomer Dietrich Enns as part of it for now, but as of, at the time of this recording, we only have four names. Uh, Key additions, we have five new foreigners. This is a very big uh, overhaul. Uh, already mentioned Dietrich Enns, uh, Brian O'Grady, an outfielder, Jansen Witte, uh, a, a utility player. You have Birch Smith, a relief pitcher. or And then you have a, a Brazilian-born Bo Takahashi, who is a, rather young for a foreigner coming over. Uh, as of right now, Dietrich Enns and Brian O'Grady are the only two that made it to Japan. So the other three will probably come in a little bit later mid-season by the time they're playing. Uh, in terms of departures, really there's no key departures, just a couple names of the past. I'll just throw in Zach Neal because he did something in 2019, currently with the Colorado Rockies. And the other sad one would be Shinzo Boto Tawata, who recently, uh, of course, out of with an injury and really derailed his career. So he, he was let go as well. But nothing from really last year was significant. So Plus, five players came back on developmental contracts of what they got with us. So there's a lot of – they still have kept more than people realize. In terms of uh, just the outlook of this team, um, it's really been just a disappointment when it comes to free agency decisions, not just who they lost from three to four years ago and more, but also the guys they kept in their domestic uh, – when they have domestic rights. Case in point, Yuji Kaneko, Ken Tagame, Tatsushi Masuda, all three guys, once they got paid – They've all regressed, and that has been also been a reason. So whether they keep a guy or another guy walks in free agency, everything goes wrong for the Lions, and that's what hurt them by last year. The offense, uh, what really hurt them, they did not have a leadoff hitter. Obviously, we hear about Shogo Akiyama being on the Cincinnati Reds. They had 11 different players in the leadoff position last year, and so they could not find an offense as a whole. Uh, there was only Tomoya Mori hitting and Solskjaer Genda hitting their weight, but Others regressed, whether it's Motoka Yamakawa or Shuta Tonosaki. So it was it was a very, very poor year on offense. It was a, the starting pitchers, uh, the three main guys had some promise, but there was just a lot of instability from bullpen and the set position players all over the field. So they're hoping that the new foreign signings can help. Uh, a lot of things have to go away. And also this is a transition year going from what's likely Hatsuhiko Suji, possibly his last year, to Kazuo Matsui who was promoted to being the um, on the staff, the top first-team staff. So there's a lot of things that, unfortunately, have gone wrong for this team, but it'll be about how they uh, just kind of transition through the year. I still think they could come in fourth place because with the right growth, the right 
players coming in and out. So there, there is a chance that they can improve as the season goes along, but it won't be about wins and losses this year. So fourth place. Okay. Claudio. Uh, well, I, I must confess, I, I, I heard uh, or did little research on the on the Lions because they don't have any Latin players. So it's like I haven't this the one team I haven't really paid attention to because I'm, I'm focused on the other ones. Uh, as Christian said, with uh, you know with the issues they're having, and it will be, you know, it's a question mark whether the the, the five new imports can can make a difference this year or not. I. I don't know if they will. So, just really out of out of a lack of information, I'm choosing them to finish uh, last place again this year. All right, Jim. I have the Lions as kind of a wild card. Uh, <laughs> I have them finishing third. No real reason. I just had to pick between two teams you know, between them and the Fighters, and I thought they toss up. I had I had one team that's going to finish sixth and one's going to finish third, and I picked the Lions. All right. I don't know if you mentioned this, Christian, that uh, uh, Ernesto Mejia had removed, or he had. They're not yeah. bringing him back. Yeah, he okay. left the team. He left the team in the middle of last year. Last, last season, yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, uh, and they're going to miss that. I, I just remember we we used to look at this team. I guess three four years back when they were striking out a million times a, a season as the team with all this offense and home runs. And that just kind of dropped off last season. They didn't fare well in that respect. The manager announced he was stepping down, but then he decided to come back. That was weird. Uh, the pitching was inconsistent. The bullpen was up and down. Our buddy Zach Neal really could never get back to that form that we had seen in that first season that he came. And I think he's a camp invitee with the with the Rockies, so we wish him luck with that. Um, but there's a lot of middle-of-the-pack stats uh, Christian, you talked about the fact that the leadoff position was a problem, but when uh, Gakuto Wakabayashi was in that spot and he was playing really well, and I thought he was on his way to being a candidate for Rookie of the Year, and then he blew up his knee, uh, I thought he was really good, and I, I expect him to be back at some time in this season, and if he does come back and he can fill that, that leadoff spot... I think he'll be all right. But yeah, you had there were some injuries that slowed some of their core players as well. And then I think uh, they have a rookie, uh, Shunsuke Sato, uh, another pitcher. I don't think you mentioned him. Yes. And, yeah, and high high hopes. Yeah, high hopes uh, for him as well. So this team is weird. I, I, I could see this team, again, just like the Hawks. And that's why I brought up at the beginning the fact that uh, there were only 15 games separating the top team from the bottom team last year. I, I think it could be closer this year. And Jim mentioned, he jokingly said, you could be in fifth place uh, a half game out of third. That's that's so true with a bunch of these teams. And, you know, the Lions are one of them, although I just don't think they have a lot of experience right now. Now we've looked at, you know, uh, Okawari-kun, Takeya Nakamura is going to be a really old man. Uh, who's going to be a Babe Ruth figure, you know, I <laughs> have to have somebody run for him after he makes contact with the ball out of the batter's box because <laughs> he's just got injuries, age, weight. Um, they have a bunch of heavy hitters too. And I have seen, I don't know if you've gotten a look at Tomoya Morty recently, but it looks like he ate someone. So uh, <laughs> hashtag, <laughs> I, I, I'm just not sure that this team is ready to take off. It's, they're they're going to be some highs, I'm pretty sure. And then they're going to be some lows, pretty sure. But I, I just don't have any expectations. You said they could. I could see them finishing in fourth, but I think that's that's you looking through your heart. 
the rose colored glasses and everything else. I, I got them in last place and I put them lower if there was another team. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can really say is they clinched last place on the final day of the regular season. So just enough went wrong to be by one game. It was whether you talked about Waka Bayashi out for the year, one blown save, one hit short. It was just enough variables to come in last by one game. I think they're not that far off. I mean, you could say I'm home, but it's, they're not that far. But they're still far from being an A class. True, true. And like I said, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I don't. I'm not saying they're terrible. I'm just thinking compared to the other teams in the league, they're not as good. Let, let me add sure. one more thing before we we close up with the Lions. It's sure. just the, the um, when you mentioned that they had uh, or Ernesto Mejia had asked the team to leave because he wanted to be with his family. They were not using him and stuff. I just want to uh, thank the Lions for the beautiful farewell video that they posted. Yeah, uh, for Mejia was really nice. I mean, he had a great. Uh, even though the last let's say four years weren't as great as the the first ones. He had a, a nice run with uh, with the Lions, and it was it was great, you know, the, the career he had in Japan. So, yeah, I can yeah, say in de dealing with some of the PR people with the Lions, first class organization as far as that stuff goes, and uh, you know, with Garrett and with Zach, they had the the videos for those guys too. Had them in tears before a game one day. So, um, yeah, they do those things really well. All right, uh, last team, <laughs> last but not least, <laughs> the the. Big boss run fighters of Nippon Ham. Um, expected rotation, Naoya Uasawa, uh, Takayuki Kato, probably. A newcomer, John Gant, maybe. Uh, Hiromi Ito, a guy I really like. Yusei Kawano, a guy Jim really likes. Kosei Yoshida might get his first chance to start regularly. I don't know how long it'll last. I'm, I haven't really been impressed. And then uh, fill-ins here and there. I don't think we're going to see a lot of starters. Uh, I'm sorry, openers <laughs> under the Shin, in the Shinjo regime. But I don't know. And be, let me preface this by saying I don't know how much. After talking to Alex Ramirez, uh, Jim did the interview or arranged the interview. And we both got to speak to him. And him talking about the fact that a lot of upper management runs some of the game situations. After hearing that. I would imagine that there's going to be a lot of that happening in Hokkaido this year, <laughs> more so than any other time in NPV, uh, because the guy who's in charge of being, or the guy who's supposedly the field manager now is mostly, as I saw today, waving at the crowd and smiling and being goofy than he is thinking about uh, lineups and, and moves in the game. I'm just not sure what's going on with all these antics. But anyway, key additions of uh, the above mentioned John Gant. Uh, Cody, Cody Ponce, or Ponce, I'm not sure how to pronounce that one, uh, Renato Nunez, and Arismende Alcantara. How's that, Claudio? That's close enough, close enough. Close enough, all right, well, I'll take close enough over what? <laughs> uh, roster hits, Drew Verhagen, Roni Rodriguez, Shinya Tsuroka, who retired, and some other guys, but I I'm not sure that that much uh, left the, the organization. Now, I can see this team finish any, finishing anywhere from first to last because we just don't know. There's just so much unknown going on here. And like I said, first-year skipper Shinjo, he, he's been more of a showman than a, than a manager. Um, but he, did, he has done a lot of good things. And one of them was bringing in Koji Murafushi, the, Olympic, uh, the former Olympic hammer thrower. And he worked with the players, and he 
what he did, uh, one of the um, drills that he did was getting the players to try to transfer their energy to the bat. So how to move uh, kinetically so that they can get that energy that they generate with the torque um, everywhere that they, every movement that they make in the mechanics of the swing and transfer that energy to the bat to get it to the ball so that they can drive the ball. And I think a couple of guys obviously are going to greatly benefit from that. And one of them is Kotaro Kiyomiya, who has been looking good in the preseason. And the other is Chusei Manami, a, a biracial player who's looking like, he reminds me of uh, what Michael Jordan looked like when he played baseball because he oozes with these physical tools. He's not as tall, obviously, but he's got this physical ability that you can just see. You can almost taste it when you're watching the games. And he's also a mixture, uh, I would say, of Michael Jordan and his manager, Shinjo. Shinjo is that tall, kind of lean guy. Didn't have a lot of weight to him, but he could drive the ball. And we've seen Manami hit some home runs here in, uh, what was it, three consecutive games here in the preseason. I think he's leading the preseason with home runs and all that stuff. But he's just he's just got physical gifts. And I pointed that out in a tweet last year. I just said, when this guy swings, it's just you can see the athleticism. I mean, <laughs> much more than you can with some of the other guys. So if he can get that kind of uh, production, I'm not saying hit a bunch of home runs, but if he can make a lot more contact, uh, drive the ball more regularly, if Kiyomiya becomes a, a top team regular, uh, that changes the dynamics of this team. But uh, other than that, I, I don't see a lot different from what I saw last season. I'm going to see a couple of really good pitchers maybe and then after that, the, the rotation kind of falls off. Where's the power going to come from? Where are the runs going to come from? Where are the, uh, the, you know, they, they are going to play defense, I think, and they are going to be interesting. I, I wouldn't say must-see TV, but it's going to be want-to-see TV because you're going to want to see what kind of antics Shinjo is up to here, there, and, and, and everywhere. But um, <laughs> Jim says, no, <laughs> I don't want to see it. But I think people want to see it. I, well, people want to see it, but I... I've been pretty much I'm not trying people. to avoid it. <laughs> I'm not people. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, yeah. So I, my wife told me that today. I I, I, I want to say they're going to be in sixth, but I, I actually think some of the things that Shinjo is doing, some of these things that are just getting these guys to actually function, doing the basic things. I think those things are actually going to help the team. And I have them finishing fourth. Christian. Yeah, for the fighters, I mean, we already talked about Mr. Shinjo and taking all the headlines. I understand what he was as a big-name personality. I've heard a lot about that. I, I do agree that he's preaching a lot of versatility, just kind of figuring out who to plug in where. Uh, I feel that this team is just very raw. Uh, but at the same time, I think I think the starting pitching can be respectful. Uh, I do like Uasawa. I like some individuals, uh, but all the problem is, is I like all six specifically team rotations for the most part. So the hitting is what really separates the, the, the squads. I don't think the fighters, you talked about the lack of pop. I agree with you on that one. And then they are, it's hard to really identify core players, uh, especially when it comes to position players for the best fighters team. We, there are big question marks there. Uh, so I, it's a rebuilding year. It's a just kind of learning year for Shinjo and, um, so as a result, and really just not being able to identify the core, I have them at last as a result. Okay, Claudio. Uh, well, actually, I agree with uh, John. I see them finishing fourth. Um, I, when I heard of Shinjo being named a new manager, I was like, what is going on here? This doesn't make any sense. It's not going to go well. 
but uh, I also said, well, you know what? You have to give the benefit of the doubt. You never know something like this might work. Uh, then I read um, uh, Robert Whiting's uh, newsletter. Now he has a Substack um, mm -hmm. newsletter where he gives the benefit of the doubt to uh, to Shin, just saying, well, you know what? Uh, um, what's his name again? Uh, the recent uh, Japan uh, national team manager. I completely. Uh, Hideki uh, Kuriyama. Inaba. The one. The oh, okay. One. The previous one. Atsuno Inaba. Uh, Atsunori Inaba. Yeah. Atsunori Inaba. Yes. He's, um, he's now general manager. And Whiting says, okay, you know, with Inaba there, he may be just kind of keeping an eye on that Shinjo doesn't blow things over. Um, and you know what? He's winning games. I know John always says it doesn't matter what happens in, in preseason games or whatever, but <laughs> the fighters are winning games right now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they're winning. <laughs> they're, they're, that tells you something. So they're, are they're the base stars. Positive so far. No, it doesn't say anything. So, no, stop it. So, you know, <laughs> you know, they could finish last for sure, but just to give the benefit of the doubt to Shinjo, then I'm going to have them in fourth place. <laughs> preseason. I saw a pitcher the other day trying out a pitch. You know, one of those Manami home runs was a guy trying out a pitch. <laughs> Veteran pitcher, uh, I think it was Mima. He's trying out a pitch and he just threw it up there. And, and Manami trying to make a team hits it out. I mean, you know, like I said, different agendas. That's why I don't trust <laughs> preseason ball. Guys have different agendas. That's the only thing. All right, Jim. I would love to see Shinjo do, I would love to see the fighters do really, really well. Um, not because of Shinjo's, um, you know, his show. His show is his show and baseball is baseball. I, I, I see a problem between the two. Uh, I, I think he, he understands that um, the baseball side is here and the entertainment side is there. And when he speaks, it's not hard to understand. It's not hard to see, to be confused by them. It's easy to be confused by them. But when you listen to him talk, you can see which one he has these little clues about which he's talking about. And a lot of the baseball stuff he talks about makes a whole lot of sense. And uh, Japanese baseball, more than Japanese culture as a whole, is all about sweating the small stuff. And Shinjo is about not sweating the small stuff. He's saying, guys, this isn't rocket science. This is you do your job and not worry about that other stuff. And I can see uh, some players, once they get the basic message, uh, the, the message is not so different from the one Hiromitsu Ochiai brought to the Chunichi Dragons. Of course, Hiromitsu Ochiai was a meticulous player and Shinjo was a crapshoot. He was basically uh, a guy who had all this physical talent who, who really probably wasn't clever enough uh, to become a big star. But if he lets the players play, which is what he, he wants them to do, and talks a lot about them being TV celebrities, but without actually, you know, anybody caring about that, it's just a fun, it's like having a ping pong table in the, the ping pong table that uh, Trey Hillman put in the fighters clubhouse, something to keep the players distracted from, you know, not thinking too much. Uh, it could work out really well. I think some of these fighters, a couple of the fighters, players could break out and have monster seasons that we just haven't seen. Uh, I think it's a good that Hideki Kuriyama left. He'd been trying to leave. He was pretty much out of it. And uh, yeah, I think 
the, the change could do the fighters good. On the other hand, it also could just implode. And I picked them. I picked the fighters sixth, not because I don't like them, but somebody's got to finish last. <laughs> somebody's got to finish last. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think it's going to be tight last year. Like I said, I think early on the, the teams kind of sifted into the better teams and the, and the poorer teams very, very quickly early on when I, when I wasn't really looking and nothing really changed except that the teams at the top had a, had an exciting uh, stretch uh, stretch run. But I think this year, like I said, these teams are really close. I wouldn't be surprised if this, this 15 game top to bottom game difference is within 10, you know, and a lot of teams at the end of the, you know, the lions make a run and then, the fighters make a run and then the Hawks make a run and then it's, it's settled in the last, you know, 30, uh, three weeks of the season, but it should be fun. It should be fun. Now I do want to make note that we were going to also include Marines blogger, Steve Novosel as well, but he couldn't, we couldn't agree. We couldn't find a date when we could all be on at the same time. So we had to, we had to leave him out. He's traveling to the United States. I think back to Texas so we missed him on this, but uh, Christian, uh, thank you very much for sitting in and um, uh, good luck this season with your, with your blogging. And uh, I know you guys are still doing the uh, podcast as well. Uh, not so much lately. It's been multiple years since that. And my partner in crime has uh, kind of done a lot of things on his own, let's just say in his career. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you guys are keeping up the blog and uh, I know that people are, are reading, um, I know that the players would like to see a little bit more positivity, but um, I know that people are reading, you know, uh, so that's good. Uh, you know, whenever the, I'd like to have you guys on uh, because this whole Japanese baseball community, uh, we're all together, even though we're rooting for different teams, we're definitely rooting for baseball and uh, Japanese baseball in particular. So, you know, it doesn't always go well for our teams. Personally, I, everybody knows I'm a Dragons fan. I try not to talk about them too much i know i do at times but um that's because i watch you know i watch a lot of the game even if i'm watching on tv uh three other games i'm listening on the radio to the dragons game because i know they're gonna lose <laughs> but i want to hear what the people have to say so what they have to say is more important than me watching them so i, I tune in that way but it's always fun and claudio so much appreciated uh man you know like i said I don't think I'm getting older, but you must be getting older if, if we met in 2008. And, uh... <laughs> Poor guy. I hate it. Like I said, I hate it when that happens to people. It's been, what, see, like three years since we last saw each other because I haven't been to Japan since 2019, since the, the pandemic started. I wanted to go in 2020 and had to cancel last minute. And then, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it this year. So maybe until next year that we finally see each other again. So I, I hope so. We'll, well maybe here. next year will be the year the teams let us talk to ball players. <laughs> maybe that's that's. Really I'm fun. guessing that they'll they'll keep. Oh, we heard there's COVID in uh, the Congo, so I think we should be careful with letting <laughs> players talk to reporters. <laughs> well. Um, should be fun. It should be fun. And uh, obviously, I, I, I root for a couple of teams in the in the Pacific League. So I'll be rooting for those teams to win. And of course, I, every year people say, what team do you root for? And I say, I root for my picks. So it changes every year. Yeah. <laughs> it changes every year. But um, I think, you know, all, all of us saying that the Marines are going to win, just we put the 
the kibosh on them here. I'm not sure when they're going to come through now. <laughs> but it should be a fun season. And we really appreciate you guys taking the time to sit down with us. Jim, as always, thank you. Now, we do have some questions uh, for the show, so we'll get to them after we do the prediction show. So for the first weekend of baseball, we'll hit those questions up. But uh, anyone who has a question, send them to uh, via email, Y-A-K-Y-U-J-O-H-N at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at JBW Podcast. Jim, uh, you got anything coming up on your... Do not, do not. Uh, have a have a special campaign this month. Any new subscribers to J-Ball Allen? Uh, dot com get uh, two free months but other than that uh yeah send in your questions and comments and your voices please because with my voice this show needs an audio upgrade <laughs> all right hashtag those questions on uh, twitter with a uh, high heat and uh, we will talk to you next week when we do the central league prediction show it should be fun we have a couple guests sitting in for us as well next week so we'll Thanks, talk guys. to you then thank you very much guys enjoy your baseball See you at the ballparks. Follow the hosts on Twitter at JBW Podcast and at JBall Allen. Submit your questions with hashtag high heat and listen for an answer in an upcoming episode. <laughs>